0: Hey, how's it going? This is Braden with Noble Sports Guys coming live at ya. I have been meaning to put this episode out for like the last week and a half, but you know how life is. It gets busy, and as I'm recording this episode, I'm actually doing some economics homework. I hate economics. Horrible subject, but it's a necessary evil for my marketing degree, so I guess it is what it is. Uh, Anyways, so... Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than your typical football-focused podcast that I normally do here at Noble Sports Guy. Um, Today I'm going to be talking a little bit about mental health, as we see more and more athletes are being affected by mental health and having mental health issues. It is seriously so crazy to think that these absolute goliaths in the sporting world have these weaknesses, and I put quotations around weakness, because I don't think mental health is a weakness, but it definitely makes life a little bit harder, as someone who struggles with anxiety, it's definitely not easy, and I would not wish that on my worst enemy, so let's let's dive into it a little bit, so the first thing that really popped out to me with the whole mental health aspect in life Just happened today, actually. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with the Olympics, but we know who the GOAT is in gymnastics, Simone Biles. She is literally the GOAT, in my opinion. If you look at awards alone, just seeing all the things that she's achieved in gymnastics is amazing. And all the things that she's overcome with the scandals of Team USA being a sexual assault victim. It's just crazy all the things that she's been through. And able to overcome to be how she is. And as we know, she pulled herself out of the team competition during gymnastics. And U.S. ended up finishing second and winning silver. They were definitely the favorite to win gold. And that first, the only reports that we saw was that she was struggling with an injury. didn't necessarily specify the injury. And then it came out later on that she ended up pulling herself out because she just mentally wasn't there. And who knows what the reason was, but the fact that she had the courage to say, you know what, this is a team sport. I'm not all in. My heart's not all in this for whatever the reason may be. So she pulled herself out and it's, it just shows how much more bigger, life is than a gold medal or a trophy or this and that Now that's the first kind of big thing that popped out when thinking about this this episode that I wanted to do and I was happy that it kind of happened today as I was thinking about when I wanted to finish recording this episode it it was perfect timing unfortunate for Simone Biles but you know I hope she can recover and come back stronger than ever because, you know, she is truly the goat in gymnastics. It's impressive. And so that was the first kind of athlete that really opened my eyes is someone who's at the pinnacle top of her game, and we see that she struggled. Um, The next, next thing that really popped out, too, actually came from a TikTok. Now, I don't know how many of you know... Deion Sanders, but Deion Sanders was an amazing defender back in the day for the Falcons. It was a really good guy, really star athlete, and he talked in this TikTok. I think it's for his his group that has the podcast going on. Uh, he talks about how there was a time when they they don't tell you when you go into be a professional athlete the struggles that you face and how sometimes it could be alone. He said at one point he was on the side of the road towards a ditch and a police officer pulled up on him and luckily this police officer recognized some of the signs and could tell that this was not a good situation for Dion. He was depressed and was having issues and thought about just driving his car off the ditch and that would have been super tragic in the game of football as he was one of those F electrifying athletes to see. Again, we see another person who's was at the top of his game struggle. And you see more and more athletes nowadays just struggling because of mental health. And it's, off, it's still kind of a taboo subject. It's still hush-hush. Let's not talk about it unless you absolutely have to. And I think the NFL has really gotten a wake-up call. I think another prime example was Andrew Luck and Luke Kinkley, both young guys to retire. And, yes, they said it was injuries, but Andrew Luck was quoted saying he lost the energy and the funness of playing football. And I can guarantee it's from all those hard hits that he took to the head. And they're slowly understanding that these hard hits to the head are – affecting are affecting athletes in the future, giving them CTE and other things that attribute to that all because of concussions and the NFL up until recently, never really focused on that. I know that I shared my uncle-in-law's podcast, Shad Martin. He's a stud. I recommend you go give it a lesson. It's called the sports sports light podcast. Basically it's, it's meant for athletes in high school or for coaches and how these athletes can better use their time and that spotlight to be examples. Well, they pulled one of my favorite players to ever play at BYU was Max Hall. Max Hall was this electrifying quarterback that came onto the scene and it was a lot of fun. John Beck had just left and as BYU fans, we were kind of worried who was going to take over the helm of being the quarterback at BYU and, and stepped in this guy from Arizona who was killing it. And he kind of was awesome. He did really good. And then he got, he didn't get drafted in the NFL, but he was given an opportunity to sign as an undrafted free agent for his home state team. He went to the Cardinals and he took a couple nasty hits to the head and This is back when concussion protocols weren't really a thing. And they kind of prescribed him Percocet and a whole bunch of other painkillers. And that just kind of was a spiral downhill for him. He ended up, I don't know, if you look him up, type in Max Hall, you'll see a picture probably of his mugshot. He was busted having a whole bunch of cocaine in his system and uh, trying to steal stuff from, from a... Best five. Hi, Penny. You want to say hi? Hey, can you go watch your movie? I'm Dada. Okay, well, I'll continue recording as I hold Penny. She's saying hi. I'm going to try to keep the phone away from her if you haven't seen my TikTok from yesterday. I was doing a football segment on my TikTok, and she ended up snatching my phone and running away with it. So let's hope she doesn't do that with uh with this one, so as we continue, Max Hall. If you search him, you see a mugshot. You see a mugshot of him, and it was really tragic. He went from being a starter in the NFL, then getting hurt, and then mm-hmm. as he got hurt, he took these medication that was supposed to help him, but it ended up getting him addicted. And he went from being the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. And when he hit that low point. He was kind of forgotten, kind of left in the dark. And I know many athletes have felt that if you're at the top of your game, they're going to take care of you. Obviously, you're their prized possession. The second you start to digress and not be the star, you kind of are forgotten. So I mentioned earlier why mental health is such a big key for me. And as you know, with Noble Sports, guys, this small platform that I have, I like trying to end stupid stereotypes. I don't really use that word lightly when I mean stupid stereotypes. For example, I've started interviewing, as you know, women athletes, whether it's professional fo- football players. I've interviewed a uh, rugby player, and I I have other things in the woodworks come, that are going to come soon. And a stupid stereotype you often hear is, especially with women football players, they don't belong in the gridiron field like there's no spot for them which is the dumbest thing that could be said because if you look at these athletes in the wfa or the wnfc or any other women's leagues you can see the heart and soul that they put into it and how awesome it truly is the same goes that the stereotype between mental health especially mental health is a hush, hush subject right now still. And I think it needs to be more normalized to talk about your feelings, especially with guys. I know my wife does a really good job of sharing her feelings. And I'm sure there are some women that have a hard time opening up. But as a whole, I notice that women are a little bit more willing to share and be a little bit more vulnerable where men, we have this toxic masculinity come in where Don't share your feelings. Keep them bottled up. You don't need to share them. And, I mean, I've I've had that mindset too, which is not a healthy mindset to have. But at the end of the day, it's going to take an active effort to end the stigma that keep your emotions bottled up. No, you shouldn't keep your emotions bottled up. That's when troubles start to happen, whether it's addictions to things or having just marital issues. Now let's give a little bit backstory why mental health is so important to me and why I kind of focus on it on top of women athletes and a whole bunch of other things that I have focused on with this podcast. So the biggest reason why I, I did that is because not only do I struggle with mental health issues but so does my wife so our future children are probably going to have the same struggles that their parents do now i've probably always had anxiety but it wasn't until i was a freshman in college up at byu idaho that i knew what it was often yeah i was a freshman in college and i had no idea what it was and what was nice is when i was a i've probably always had it like i was saying but in middle school and high school if i was feeling those feelings i could go play basketball or football or golf or whatever the sport may be that was my escape from reality whether it was the stupid things like homework assignments or worrying about which girl liked me or which girl i liked all those silly non-important things that you experience in middle school and high school and those were probably attributing factors to my anxiety but i never really noticed it and i had an escape well uh, like most of you know when I turned 18 years old, I graduated and I was an LDS missionary. So, if you don't know what an LDS missionary is, those are the guys you'll see they're always in pairs, whether it's guys or girls. They'll be, if they're guys, they're in white shirts and ties and really nice clothes, and they have a black name tag that says Elder Such and Such. Mine was Elder Toro because my last name's Toro, so we go by our last names. Now, if you don't know what a missionary schedule is, most people didn't, I didn't until I was a missionary. We are jam-packed and doing stuff all day, every day, seven days a week for two years for men and 18 months for women. And what I mean is we get up at 6.30, we exercise for an hour, then we have like two hours of study between myself and the person that I'm with, my companion. And because I was in a foreign country, we had another hour of language study, then we eat lunch, then we'd go and talk to people, we teach lessons, and we do all this until we had to be home at 930. And we were in bed at 1030. We did this every day. And we had Mondays to email our parents and kind of let them know how life is and that we're still alive. So it was very structured. And I came home from my mission. And I started working with my dad again, which gave me a lot of structure. And my old high school job had opened a new yogurt shop. And my best friend and I in high school worked for them for like two years. And they had asked us, they knew we were only going to be there a couple months, but they asked us if we would go help their new managers kind of run things at their new yogurt land location. And that was a lot of fun. It was always a lot of fun working with my best friend. Um, But that's kind of what happened. And then I went to college and kind of didn't have a structure. And that's kind of where things got a little dark and shady. (laughs) Uh, Luckily, I met my wife. Well, I knew my wife in high school, but we never really liked each other until it was about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving of 2015, we rekindled on a dating app. I won't tell you which dating app, but it was because I kind of saw her picture and I was like, yeah, I know this girl. I don't know how I know her. And she had the same mindset and we kind of reconnected that way and the rest is history. Well, she kind of helped me understand a little bit that I needed to be more willing to share my feelings because at that point I was very quiet and I was going through issues. I went from feeling like I was the most important person in the world because I was doing something meaningful to I'm literally just living as a poor college student. I have no meeting. This is horrible. I hate this. And on top of all this, now when I say this, I want to let you know that I have absolute love and respect for my biological mom. So as many of you probably don't know, I was adopted at, at birth. And that was right before my 21st birthday. My mom got a message on Facebook from my biological mom saying, hey, wanted to know if it was OK if I reached out to Brayden and see Just kind of introduce myself and yada yada yada. And my mom put the ball in my court and said, Hey, this is the message I received. You have the opportunity to talk to her or you can completely ignore her. And as the one thing I want to say to my biological mom was thank you for putting me up for adoption. She doesn't I didn't know if she knew how selfless the action was that she did for me. How selfless the action she did for me was. She seriously was selfless and did what was best for me and not necessarily for her. Now, she did not cause my anxiety attacks. My biological dad was not a great guy. He was very forceful. And that's kind of what started my anxiety attacks severely. It was so bad that I wouldn't go to classes because I was awake all night. I couldn't keep any food down. I was losing weight like crazy. And it got so bad that I finally had to tell both of them, like, leave me alone. I want nothing to do with you. And my biological mom, her name is Jody. She was very understanding. But Mike, my biological dad, was not. And that's kind of what triggered my anxiety. And finally, at this point, McKenna and I were doing long distance. I was in Idaho. She was in Las Vegas. One of her friends was actually in Idaho, and I didn't have a car. And she convinced her friend say, "Hey Braden's this is what's happening to Braden. Can you take him to the doctor so that's where I got my diagnosis of anxiety and it was kind of rough from there on and but luckily, I've been able to work through it but it it was rough It was rough to admit that I had issues, and I know that sounds silly and may not be ideal, but it was absolutely rough to sit there and say, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. And still to this day, it's something that I struggle with. And McKenna knows when an anxiety attack is coming on because I start to flap my hands like a bird. That's when I get my like anxiety attacks. If I start doing that, McKenna knows, like, oh, he's about to get into a panic attack. She'll have me take some deep breaths, and then I can talk about it. And that's kind of where the idea of this podcast came from originally. I wanted another outlet because my playing days were long over and I wanted to still be able to relate to sports. So I decided that, hey, maybe I should do a podcast. And my buddies over at Soaring Sports, the guys that I'm a part of the media group, Pineapple 22 Media, had just started their podcast and it kind of just really solidified that yeah maybe I should do this and so the rest is history and it's kind of been what has helped me through all the ups and the downs since I've been married and having a child and flunking out of one college and going to another college it was absolutely wonderful I was absolutely blessed and as I continue to think about how blessed I am it it definitely helps Let me tell you this. If you are struggling with anything, whether it be anxiety, depression, know that you can always reach out to me. I may not, even if I don't know you, you just need someone to talk to about it. I will be a sounding board for you. So if you need any help, please reach out to me. My email is noblesportsguys at gmail.com. You can send me a message on any of my socials. I will get the notification right away. Depending on the time of night, I may not answer right away, but I will definitely get back to you, and especially if it's urgent, you can blow up my phone, and I will definitely message you and see how I can help, but if you guys are struggling with anything, please reach out. There are people that are willing to help you, even if they don't know you, they are willing to help you. Now, this is just a little snippet bit of kind of what's going on in the world but I hope this was a little bit more eye-opening that even the giants of men and women struggle with mental health issues. On a less (laughs) gloom and sad topic, with the success you guys have given me with this podcast, with your streams, your reviews, your buying of my merchandise, I have talked to my partners at Pineapple22 Media and it looks like Alan, the co-host of Soaring Sports and I are going to start a new podcast together. Co hosting and we're gonna talk about college football. Go into the stories and that'll be seasonal. That'll only be during college football season. But as as we start to turn into college football season, it's just right around the corner. We're excited. We're excited. Uh we're currently working on logos and names and once we get that up we will start recording so thank you again for all your love and support and if there's anything I can do for you please reach out to me thank you like always stay classy Las Vegas bye